Take the guesswork out of your cannabis shopping with the ECS DNA kit by Endocana Health. If you take pride in your canna nerdiness or are just canna curious, this kit empowers you to find more about the best cannabis choices. Right now, you can save 25% off your DNA test at endodna.com using promo code POD25. Your purchase includes the Endo DNA Collection Kit, Endo Decoded Report, personalized cannabinoid and terpene suggestions, and Endo Align products matching in your state. There will also be suggested dosage guidelines and optimum methods for inhalation or usage. Once you know your personal ECS data, you can shop Endo supplements tailored specifically for you. And right now, Endo DNA is celebrating their new patent with a buy one, get one offer on their Afika soft gel lineup. And since I know that many of you struggle with sleep, I want to highlight Afika Unwind, created to support health sleep cycles using patented proprietary formulations of hemp-derived CBD, terpenes, and essential oils. If sleep is eluding you, sweet dreams are in your future. Buy one for yourself and get one for a friend at endodna.com. And don't forget promo code POD25 at the checkout for 25% off your DNA test kit. We are the largest community for cannabis loving women in the world and a collective that works to create radical change. This is the Cannamom Show, a podcast chronicling the inspiring stories of real women in the emerging cannabis industry. Your host, Joyce Gerber, mom, lawyer, political activist, has been speaking with women from coast to coast and around the world who are leaders in the revolution of cannabis and caregiving, continuing on her mission to lift up the stories of the women creating the cannabis industry by sharing their canna stories with you. So go make yourself a cup of tea or roll yourself a joint, sit back and learn something new about this magical plant on The Cannamom Show with Joyce Gerber. From the Tip O'Neill Studios in North Cambridge, Massachusetts, it's the Cannamom Show. Now here's your host, Joyce Gerber. And welcome back to the Cannamom Show, where we are talking about caring for and giving voice to women in the emerging cannabis industry, one canna story at a time. Dave, final show, season three. Final show. Thank God I'm back for it. <laughs> I, I First I had COVID and then I was away for a week and I missed you terribly. But he's crawling back. So um, he's back, people. I know you missed him. And uh, just everybody, thank you for helping us reach this goal. It feels like a kind of a full circle today. Um, One of our guests today was, I think she was one of the first people I met. She came out to Boston in 2019. She was one of my very first guests in season one. And now we have her back for season finale, season three. We'll talk about that a little later. Yes, yes, yes. So just before we hop in, I just want to talk a little serious stuff. You know, so given where we are in this country, where the Supreme Court stuff is, the ruling and all the drama of the hearings, and since we do like to talk law, I wanted to suggest a book by press Professor Mary Ziegler. She's a professor of law at UC Davis. It is entitled Dollars for Life, the Anti-Abortion, Anti-Abortion Movement and the Fall of the Republican Establishment. And it is described as, quote, a new understanding of the slow drift to extremes in American politics that shows how the anti-abortion movement remade the Republican Party. And it literally draws a direct line from the Supreme Court ruling in Citizens United, 
which allowed um, money come in unfettered, basically, and how it led to the overturning of Roe. There you are, people. I know this is audio only, but they pull it up. <laughs> yes, you can obviously find it on Amazon or wherever you find your books. Dollars for Life. Yeah, so it's a, it's a, I, I actually heard, I haven't read it yet, but, you know, I love Terry Gross, Fresh Air. I think I'm like, you know, the Terry Gross of cannabis. And she was interviewing Mary Ziegler. And it was disheartening, obviously, to understand this because I understand how the law works and the precedents and what's been going on for many years. And Citizens United has been a big ballywick for me. But it also helped me understand that this is a 50-year plan that was implemented with passion and intention. And there's literally a roadmap now of how to create systematic change. So power and control is interesting, right, Dave? You followed a lot of the law stuff. Yeah, and it is chilling to think that I've seen some news clips of some of these leaders years and years ago saying it was going to take some time, but maybe by 2030 or so there would be no abortion. And they actually got there early, which is chilling and very disappointing. But it was a plan. It was a plan and it was focused. So again, money speaks. The Republican establishment has been hollowed out in a way because there's so much dark money. I run for school board, so I understand how you're just raising money to be on a school committee is painful. So Money and politics is no joke, people. This is like really what is driving a lot of this. I don't even understand where the money goes, but it's a direct line. And uh, here we are. So we can we can bring it back because a lot of smart ladies out there doing other work. Right. That's right. Yeah. Time to and Mary Ziegler just wrote the book. So listen to it on the beach yeah. or listen to Terry Gross. You can just cheat. She has all the answers in there. <laughs> There's nothing like some good anti-abortion movement reading on the beach. It's, uh, it's very know. relaxing. Anti-abortion. <laughs> The pro-birthers. Yeah. All right. So and then just Brittany Griner. I talked about her a lot. Um, she's going to court tomorrow. I know this is coming out next week because of a vape cartridge. Vape cartridges. It's really sad. She's a porn in international politics. I don't know if people are listening to this, but I'm not sure what we're supposed to do. But just keep her in our hearts and minds and reach out. Uh, this is ridiculous. Is is there hope of her getting out after that court hearing? Or we uh, don't know. Based on what people are saying, is it's like just basically a kangaroo court. You go in and uh, it sounds it sounds really, really, really scary to me. Yeah, very scary. I saw a documentary about the 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 political opponent of Putin, and now his name is escaping me. But he was. It's a great documentary. Of course, it, it ends. I mean, it, it's there's no secret. It's Navalny is his name, Alexei Navalny. Right, right, yeah, yeah. yeah, you know he's he kind of knew that if he he was kind of hiding out for a while, and then decided to return to Russia because that's where the good fight had to be fought. He knew he was going to be put in jail or had a pretty good idea. And in jail, he remains. And it's just, it's just sad, you know, but just they're, they're put there to be forgotten. So don't yeah. forget Brittany. But, so back to Massachusetts, international sabotage pawns in us world politics. We talk about everything, but so a bit of mass news on the subject of motherhood. This isn't even cannabis. It's just motherhood. The Mass Art Museum, which has a free exhibit. I think everything there is free. It is called Designing Motherhood, Things That Make and Break Our Births. It's on. It's there until the end of December. And it. I think it's like good things and bad things. I know you haven't given birth, but you do have children. So you know the products and all the things that we need to be mothers in addition to like how the actual process works. And the the, you know, this museum exhibit is really about how people who do not have uteruses are the people who are actually designing a lot of these things, which isn't so good for the people who actually have the uteruses who are doing the birthing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so you're feeling it. Yeah. 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 I'm just checking this out. 
the exhibit is uh, you can find more information if you go to the website of the museum, which is maam.massart.edu. So. That's why we love Dave. He brings it all up there. So it's, it's an interesting exhibit to be thinking about at this time in history because there are a lot of citizens in our country who are very pro-birth. And it's hard. Birth mm. is hard. And there's a lot of stuff that goes with it. And a lot of it can help. And a lot of it can hurt. So I think it's a good uh, remembering. Mm. I think to remember where we are. Okay. Mm. All right. Uh, anything else you want to share with me, Dave, at our last show before we stop? chitter-chattering just congratulations to you the the mission continues the fight goes on ted kennedy said something like that and i'm sure tip o'neill did too and at some point and so congratulations joyce on another fantastic season on this award-winning podcast lest we forget Woo! yes <laughs> all right <laughs> all right and before I introduce today's guest, I just want to thank Mary Jane's people for, again, making today's show possible. And today we are welcoming Heather Fowler as our special segment guest so she can share more about how she helps to build people teams. All right, Dave, season three, last introduction. Good luck. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> All right. Today's guest. Uh, today's guests are the founders of Tokativity the global community of active cannabis consumers and business owners that believe in cannabis normalization, equity, and empowerment of a modern consumption culture. That tokativity community connects through creative, social, and political intersectional feminist forward activities and marketing campaigns that work to create radical positive change. And honestly, during the pandemic, this was my preferred community. And I remember dancing in my room during a holiday party with DJ I think 2020. So yeah, their leadership team has, and their leadership team is filled with so many of the women I admire and some I've even interviewed. Their combined industry experience is huge. So for a quick intro, I will let you know that they are pioneering thought leaders in Oregon, community builders and innovators. They have been recognized for their work in Forbes, Rolling Stone, Condé Nasty Traveler, Yahoo Finance, The Guardian, MJ Lifestyle Travel, Portland, Dope Magazine, and of course, The Canna Mom Show. Please welcome to the Cannamom Show, co-founders of Tokativity, Samantha Montanero and Lisa Snyder. Welcome, ladies. Thank you so much. <laughs> so we actually saw each other in person in the flesh in Reno in September. And they were good. supposed to come a little earlier, but I'm so happy they're my finale guest. And let's begin with Lisa. Let's just start in the beginning. How did you find Samantha? And what was the spark that started Tokativity? And then maybe Samantha can tell a little bit about Prison House, because I think that's such an interesting space that you had. They all weave in together. It's okay, good. <laughs> it's a beautiful musical piece. So uh, I met Samantha at a Women Grow event in 2015. Earlier that year, I had gotten together with friends to get stoned and vision board. And mm. I came up with the idea of tokativity. And as a super web ner nerd, I grabbed the domain name and social medias and I didn't know what I was going to do with it. I'd also been doing a lot of feminist work and had a big community and a lot of work with lesbian bisexual communities in for, for meetup, but I just didn't know what I was going to do with it. So Samantha told me that she had a consumption friendly space. It was her actual house, which I was like, what? This is crazy. Wait, wait, what, what, what year was this? This is 2015. Okay. All right. Yep. November, 2015. And I got her business card and... A year later, we met up again, or I saw her again at another women girl event. I was like, I got to, I got to connect with her. This is 2016 now. And I pitched her on the idea of 
togativity. I said, I want to have like women's gatherings and I want them to be consumption friendly and you have this place. Like I really was scared she was going to say no, but instead she said, fuck yeah, let's do this. So of course. <laughs> I was like so excited and really grateful that we were bringing like my feminist energy and community building vibes and like super web nerdiness to like her community building and consumption advocacy and the work that she'd already been doing before beforehand. Awesome. So she has, all right. So Samantha, has, she's a mom and she's got this big house. So that's the house, prison house. That's what we're talking about. Yeah. Yes. So yeah, I guess to, to tell a little <laughs> bit about how prison house came about when I moved to Oregon from Chicago in 2014, I knew I wanted to start a business prior to moving here. I had been managing School of Rock, which essentially was an event space that was hosting classes and shows and workshops. And so my son is a School of Rock person, just so you know. My yeah. intro is my son. So that's, I figured, <laughs> I figured, I was like, I, I bet that's her son. Yeah, that's amazing. Okay. You know, and, and in my experience organizing shows and connecting with families and all of that, I, I really wanted to start my own community center. So I moved here with a little nest egg and an intention to start a community center type place that intersected food, music, advocacy, community, and then cannabis was legalized. And I've always been passionate about cannabis, but when legalization set in, I was like, is there anywhere people can even smoke weed? And, you know, in my research, I was like, this is actually ideal. I, f I found this big old historic house and it was zoned in a way where it could be a business and it could be residential. Okay. Uh, so it was just perfect. And I launched on the day, first day of rec sales in 2015 here in Oregon with a party called Americannabis. And it was amazing. And I met a lot of amazing people and just was really kind of tossed into the cannabis community and really welcomed into the cannabis, the exist, existing cannabis community here in Oregon. It was really a sweet time. So over the years, I did literally hundreds of different types of events here. And a lot of them were not even centric around cannabis. A lot of them were like, you know, the neighborhood association meeting. Right and work groups and, you know, private parties, people who just wanted to have a really cool space and didn't want to have bounds on their consumption. So I had done a number of women only events as well. And when I met Lisa, it felt, it felt like I had already been dreaming and scheming and had a list of, you know, a lot of ideas for types of events, but her idea for this series that really centered women and the issues that they were dealing with, this was like really that at this point now, when we launched the height of the Me Too movement. Mm -hmm. And so it was a, it was a really kind of cosmic alignment for the timing of everything. And you are kind of the yin and yang. Cause you, are you technical the way she is at that level or no, like no. <laughs> I, I'm not, I, I am not afraid of technology. Actually, Lisa has really like helped me overcome a lot of my like blockages with like uh -huh. learning, learning technology and kind of like busting through to the other side. But yeah, I'm, I'm, we're both highly creative. I love, I love Lisa and my partnership so much. I could talk about it all day long. We definitely are like a yin and yang. We really like fill the gaps for each other. And, you know, I, I was just talking about this last night, like Lisa, our partnership has really 
it's like, show me what a partnership can really be. Like, you know, we, we have navigated so much together over the last five years and we are so different. So that comes with a lot of challenges, but we're better together. That's what I think that's what I'm learning with my cannabis women communities is this idea that you don't want to be hanging out with in business specifically. You don't want to be hanging out with the person that you're exactly like, because that's not really growing you. So the idea that you guys are actually a very good role model for the industry. I like that. All right, let's talk about tokativity. Just you can kind of explain it again. And then how many chapters do you have? And how are you finding your leaders and other states you're trying to get into? Like, I don't know who wants to go first on that. I think Sam's got a good explainer. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) All right, go explain. Do you sing sing it? Are you just explaining? I know, right? (laughs) You need a song. (laughs) We definitely have music flowing through tokativity, but... (laughs) I'll stick to to just explaining. So we've definitely gone through a lot of changes uh, since COVID time. So at this point, (laughs) Tokativity (laughs) is the largest community for cannabis loving women in the world. And we also have a full service creative agency collective that works to create radical change through amplifying equitable businesses. Um, We, you know, to, to like take a step back and explain that the Tokativity community We launched chapters out of just a need, like women were driving from all over to come to Portland and Mm -hmm. they were like, we want to start a chapter. And we we said, yes. And then there was chapters in Seattle and Denver and LA. And it just started. And that's why you came out to Boston in 2019. Absolutely. That's part of it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We did a tour along the coast and really all of those chapters were essentially being launched at that time. Some women reached out to us from South Africa. We ended up launching two chapters in South Africa and many other places and, and countries and cities and in different locations. But when COVID hit, it was just really not practical for us to be facilitating in-person gatherings all over the world. No. (laughs) Like, you're like, so scared, you know, it's like, this is, we don't want to ever put anybody um, at risk and it felt highly uncomfortable. So we pivoted into the digital space and, and not, not quite, it wasn't really a surprise, but I mean, it was just such an unprecedented shift that like. We didn't know what to expect. The global community has just thrived in tokativity. So, you know, we've really only been doing digital events for the last couple of years, but we are in the process right now. Uh, we take our summer break. So we follow, we follow a school year of events, um, mm-hmm. we do events from September, like August, September to June each year. And we're dreaming and scheming about what it's going to look like this year. And, and we're excited to bring a hybridized model to Tokativity. So more okay. on that later, we oh, yeah, we're not going to disclose any details yet, <laughs> but we know that what's important is for, for building feminist community, especially now, especially, especially now. now, like it's always been important, but like, we have got to keep these networks. It's, it is the global connection, but it really does come down to that hyper-local connection. So Tokativity is really invested in facilitating that. How can we help women know each other and feminists who care about these issues, know each other to be able to support each other? You know, we can't, we, Lisa and I can't do all of that for you, but we can create the container of like finding your people. So yeah. that's what Tokativity is really about. It's like people can go to our website and check out our Womanifesto. It's tokativity.com slash Womanifesto. And it's our kind of like guiding principles of what, what type of world we envision, what we believe in and what we commit to. 
And if these statements resonate with you, you know that you found your people at Tokativity. And, so, and, and, and it, the digital, I mean, that digital world really connected me to women I never would have met across the country in this world. I mean, I don't, I mean, seriously, I don't know how I would have actually had them. You had those meetings and the, the breakout rooms and all of that stuff that kind of kept us going during that time of real darkness. And I'm not joking. I really was dancing with DJ Frankie. That was, uh, <laughs> just, yeah, DJ Frenchie. I just remember thinking you know, how weird that was. I'm like, I guess this is my holiday party. Right. <laughs> the truth is during the pandemic we're all dancing alone right but we're yeah. all dancing together and i think that was one of the most beautiful things that came out of the pandemic for us was our global community getting to know each other mm-hmm. helping each other out because there are women in different states and countries who've been there done that and don't have to the women who are get just getting started they don't have to reinvent the wheel exactly you know or start from scratch they can start knowing a lot of somebody's in the cannabis space if they want to and just figure out, so you, the way I don't, I, again, I'm like a technophobe. I don't know anything about technology, but you had to set this all up. And this was a new thing that was coming about. So how did you decide how you were going to set up the events that you were organizing online? Yeah. Like, was that a, yeah, how, well, how was that decision made? We actually started doing digital events in May, 2018. Um, oh, okay. When we beta tested and soft launched Tokativity Connect, our membership site, and we were doing events through there, which weren't as cool and popular or whatever, but we did a 420 event in collaboration with women employed in cannabis. And it was like, almost like the screen melted because it was too many people. The And I learned very quickly that some of these things are were not quite set up to have a large amount of people be using video all at the same time. So I went on a hunt for a tool that could help us to have a digital experience that would be really positive for everybody and be able to handle volume. And so that's where I found Hopin. And I had to ask them straight up because I was afraid of them shutting us down because a lot of tech companies shut people down. Are you cannabis friendly? And they said, basically, we will be for you. And a lot of (laughs) cannabis companies jumped on board. And I thought that was that was fun and cool and whatever. But it really helped us to to create a very similar, not the same, but a very similar intentional space where we could be doing different things at the same time and also get all of our needs met. Yeah, that's it. And the cannabis friendly thing, we talk about this too, that everything in cannabis, it's like the real world, but upside down. And you need something specialized for everything, even in terms of this video conferencing or I just again but I this is what you're so great about this is so great that the women you're working with and talking with and doing are transparent that's part of the beauty of the tokativity and changing hearts and minds with people let's go back yeah. to advocacy work I just what kind of I'm just gonna keep going oh, all right so you guys are advocates feminists you do your stuff cannabis has got a lot of different avenues and things what have you seen changing maybe in advocacy and cannabis since you really started tokativity I know we talk a lot about the prisoners project and women and moms and I don't know, where, where are you seeing energy being placed right now? Hmm. I think there's I mean, a couple different places. Sam, if you want to go ahead and I'll yeah. chime in after. Yeah, that sounds great. I mean, since entering the you know, legal cannabis space in 2015, it has changed so much. I guess things I'm excited about, I'll start with that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> things I'm excited to see is equity being a part of the conversation in states um, and local jurisdictions that are rolling out cannabis legalization in okay. some form. You know, I will say that it's being talked about a lot more than actual action is happening, like actual 
you know, moving money into the hands of people who have been impacted most by the drug war. So we have work to do on, on the follow through and on the oversight of the policies that are being put in place. But I think that the equity conversation is, is really crucial with, with cannabis. I was going to say kind of tying it to our events, Tokativity social, the social was coined as a beehive of activities by Rolling Stone. And it's like, because there's so many different things happening. And here's the truth is cannabis intersects everything, everything, healthcare, politics, education, you know, basic human rights, like, you know, it cosmetics to criminal justice. That's what I say. It's everything, literally everything. Yep. Yep. Exactly. Health, Health and beauty. I mean, it's, it's just incredible. So we can't talk about cannabis like, you know, people want to put it in the box with alcohol or want to put it in the pharmaceutical box and it doesn't fit in either. It's a unique, it's a unique substance with a unique history. And there is a very unique opportunity that we have right now. So the things that excite me are really the types of conversations that are happening as laws are being set, you know, that being said, like, it's big money has really moved in, in a really interesting way too. here in Oregon, we're seeing a lot of acquisition of, mm-hmm. of, of smaller companies. So Oregon set up a type of licensure in, in, with the goal of preserving mom and pop type small business, right? Oregon, Portland specifically is all about small business. So that license the way the laws are around the licensing is what determines that because like in Illinois, there are only, I forget the number, but it's like, there's a very small amount of grower licenses available in Illinois, which that's great. That should be true. Oregon has like a hundred million extra pounds of weed. (laughs) You know, I mean, I can go on like the tangents of like interstate commerce and how this is also screwed with like, everybody's starting from the ground up in their local place without interstate commerce and trying to figure this out. So Oregon's a place that, you know, really should and has made an effort at preserving those smaller, the smaller type of operations. But what's happening now is the world's been really hard and people are like, just tired. They're so tired of navigating the legal landscape of cannabis and all of the bullshit that comes with it. So when someone's like, Hey, can I buy your shop for, you know? Yeah. A few hundred thousand bucks, people are like, yeah, like I want out, you know? So it's, it's really interesting. There's a big turnover happening. I mean, that West coast, like, so I'm in Massachusetts, obviously, but you know, the West coast was ahead of us. And I was sort of in the beginning of the Canamom show was interviewing many more people on the West coast to see where it's going. And this interstate commerce thing is crazy. (laughs) And the idea that each state it's not even like specific by state. It's specific by municipalities within states. Like who, there's no other industry like this. It's really weird. All right. We so, just um, recently yeah. in the last two or three years undid a law that was blocking when, when cannabis does become federally legal, allowing Oregon to be able to sell to the country. And so that's now undone and is sort of ready to rock so that when that happens, it's going to be a lot easier to do. I don't know what's going on with these other states where what they have in place, but that was very important to So you are working so you're working at the state level to get policies changed and are you working at the federal level at all? Are you doing anything at that? I don't even know who talked to at the federal level. I don't know who nobody's there's a lot of people. There's a <laughs> lot of people who have been on the on the front lines of that. Adam Smith yeah. being one of them. Yeah, he's a, a longtime, you know, drug policy 
activist and he's he's been really spearheading this like interstate commerce stuff and absolutely they've been working at the federal level because this is a conversation that needs to happen at it needs to happen at the state level but also at the at the federal level because if the state of Oregon if people if the growers here if the people here don't want which that's crazy of course they want to but if they didn't want to sell their weed outside of Oregon that would be one thing but you know we're in we're in the the heart of you know California and Oregon and Washington are the heart of Again, where it, cannabis grows best here in the country. So, yeah. um, and it's, 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 it's the, 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 whole, you know, the evolving industry is interesting to watch state by state. All right. So you're out there in Oregon, you're doing some stuff. What are you, are you doing anything at, so I have a friend out here who's working on pediatric cannabis access. That's like a big thing with the medical program. I don't, what is, what's the setup for medical or how does it work in Oregon? And is there a movement? On, Cause you're a mom. Is there any movement in that? area where it's a thing that people don't really want to talk about but these kids the can of moms i know are the really the moms have been caring for their kids and doing a lot of this work so what's going on out in oregon in that area yeah there's well so so many conversations but the conversation here has really shifted away from medical and like you just said when you're a mother who needs to be treating your child you are absolutely going to be advocating for stuff so the way it's set up here now is is cannabis is fully recreationally legal you can still get a medical card I was a medical patient and stopped. I stopped paying for that because I didn't, I didn't need the amount of cannabis that I could grow. And it just didn't really make sense for me. And the, it was cost prohibitive, prohibitive. What would I charge for the, uh, I don't know if it's been changed because it's been a few years now, but it was like, it was around like 500 bucks. Oh, it's more than here. Well, that is a lot. Yeah. You know, to get like between getting the appointment. Cause you have to go to a doctor, you have to see them and then you fill out the application and stuff. So mm-hmm. I think the application itself was maybe only like 150 or two, 200 bucks or something like that, but then the appointment and then by the end of it, and then if you wanted to grow, there's an additional fee. So really? by the end of it, it ended up being, you know, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of dollars. But that being said, I know mothers here in Oregon who are treating their kids and we're in, we're definitely in a state that, you know, I think overall like advocates for like you to do whatever they're like you do you, you know, Oregon is, is very progressive in some ways and also very conservative in some ways. And this is where maybe the bridge like crosses into the same zone of like, you know, personal rights. Right. But I think because of, because of a lot of the other issues that people are dealing with here, I mean, the state doesn't even have the infrastructure to, to like, you know, persecute somebody, like, unless it's like some extreme situation. So, you know, I think that the advocacy conversation around being able to choose cannabis for your kids is like, it's not, it's not a hot topic here. Yeah. I can't, I mean, I don't know if it's a real, it's like what I, you know, I think what I hear from the moms is that what they're concerned about is like, you know, nurses in the school can't give them their medicine. They, you know, yeah. and they're mandated reporters, which is just weird. You can give them their epilepsy drugs or their opiates or their whatever else you can give them in the school. But this is a medicine that they can't be given. But all right, yeah. we can talk about that later. Um, all right. Like we talked about, cannabis is hard. It's ridiculously hard. It's like the upside down world. Nothing makes sense. But the women who <laughs> stay in it seem to be, I say they've healed themselves and they've become evangelized. So what is, yeah. So Lisa, I'll start with you. What's your why? Like, why are you actually doing this? Why are you like, you know, why are you you know pursuing this avenue um and then we get back to samantha 
Yeah. I lost both my parents to cancer when I was in my twenties. And when my mom was on her deathbed, I tried to get her access to what I knew and understood as cannabis pills at the time. I've been a consumer since I was 14, but really not super educated about cannabis until later on. And you didn't grow up in Oregon, right? You grew up in no, I grew up in, I was born on Long Island, grew up in New Jersey. And my mom at the time when she was on hospice was at the University of Pennsylvania. So, okay. so East Coast. All right. yeah. Yeah, yeah. So medical cannabis is not yet legal in Pennsylvania, but I did know about an experimental drug that they were like, had the could have had access to in the hospital and every time I asked about it I was just ignored and I asked many times and people just didn't take me seriously and I really just sat there and literally asked myself like why is a plant so difficult to access and in combination with my passion for women's liberation it is my root system for this work with tokativity and making sure that women can find an inner freedom inside themselves that then they can express outward in in the world. I feel like we, our birthright is freedom Mm -hmm. and we have a very hard time as women finding that freedom. And because it is oppressed, it is oppressed by partners, is oppressed by the world and it is just accepted by women as the way it is. And I do not accept that as the way it is. And I'm so grateful for my experience. I do miss my parents, but I also have been sort of self-taught in my own independence. And I really want women to feel that freedom inside. And so every day I get up and crack my knuckles and figure out like, what can I do with my time in this life? I want to, when I leave this planet, know that I did everything I possibly could to liberate women. And I do that right now in the, in this time of my life through cannabis and plant medicine advocacy. Woo-hoo, this is the women leadership we got. <laughs> I don't know. Healing people. <laughs> I know. I just, again, the intention of the women who stay in this industry is because they've been healed. They feel better. Right. And that they're willing to stay in the industry because they know how powerful it is. And like to have an entire industry of healed people, isn't that interesting to have like leaders? I mean, that's what we need so desperately. Mental health is such an issue and we're in a crisis right now. We're in a country and it really stems from a lot of different things. But I think that plant medicine and cannabis specifically like helps you kind of go internal and kind of take a look around at what you need to work on and then kind of take that work out there in the world. I will say one other thing about my why is I do feel like indirectly I'm like assisting other people with figuring out how to heal. Like I can't do it for you and I can't do the research and I can't do all the legalization stuff, but I can participate. And I hope that the work that we're doing leads to finding out that cannabis actually does heal cancer. And then we have this like, you know, this, this way to, to deal with this huge issue that is just getting more and more complicated with especially Americans having so much different cancer. Everybody's dying of cancer. And I want to know that I participated in that, you know, directly or indirectly. But again, it's like the butterfly wings. I do a podcast in my daughter's bedroom, but you know, we're all doing this together. So awesomeness. All right. Uh, a couple more minutes. So Samantha, what's your, why, how'd you get here? Why are you staying in it? What is your thing? Well, I, you know, growing up, I always felt like I was, definitely a hundred percent from the moment I was born, like here to do something revolutionary. And my parents 
we talk about it regularly now because it's really funny to think back to like really little Sammy and then teenage Sammy Joe that discovered cannabis felt like I was just born at the wrong time. I was like, where is the like revolution that I'm supposed to be participating in? And then, you know, adult, adult Samantha is like, Oh, I'm here right now. I'm totally here at the right time and place. Yes. Yeah. I mean, just echoing like some of the things that you both said, I think I am, I am passionate about transformation. I think that we don't even know why humans are like here exactly. And like, there's this magical element that is like often lost in the like grind of capitalism and the patriarchy there's this like magic of, of, we don't even fully understand why we're here. And we're having this like very human experience. And, and I don't know, for me, cannabis is, it is so spiritual and it's physical and it's metaphysical. It's like, it is so far out and so beautiful and, and really weaves together. Like we've talked about everything. I mean, it weaves together everything for me. So I'm just so passionate and it goes beyond cannabis. I'm very passionate about psychedelics as well. I'm very Mm -hmm. passionate about spiritual work, about meditation, movement, mindfulness, healthy eating. Like it's a lifestyle. It's, you know, cannabis isn't just going to like cure the cancer. Like you have to be like eating foods that are not full of toxins and you need to be moving your body and you need to be drinking water. And there's like all of these other pieces with that. And, and, you know, having like positive self-talk and surrounding yourself with people that uplift you and don't bring you down. There's so much there. So just for me as a mom too, like I, I feel very motivated to help make the world a better place for my son and his friends and all of, you know, the, the next generations, like I, it's, it's a part of the responsibility that we have as we get older is to, is to take care, you know? So yeah. Caregivers. Exactly. All right. <laughs> Little Sammy Joe fighting the world. I sometimes I feel like I was born at the wrong time too. That is hysterical. Um, all right. Like, the whales, like, you know, plastics, recycling. Like it was like I went through like literally like every single form of activism and like in and the, now like, she 80s is. and 90s. <laughs> Again, I do talk like cannabis cures everything. I know it doesn't, but it has to be part of the toolbox. And sometimes you just have to kind of go more extreme to get exactly what you want. You can see yeah. what the pro birthers have done you know just it is this is an amazing plant we don't even talk about hemp yet but again it's part of the toolbox for this entire system of healing ourselves so we could be healed to like make the world better all right so i gotta have to take a break so i'll be back with my guest lisa snyder and samantha montanero founders of tokativity after we speak with heather fowler of mary jane's people welcome heather hello oh there you are I'm here. I'm here. Thank you so much for your support this month. And we've been talking about building people teams. So let's just talk about how uh, Mary Jane's people building people teams is how'd you get connected to cannabis? Well, I've been a cannabis consumer since freshman year of college and changed my life, you know, and was able to live out and about in that world for a really long time. And Then I found my other passion, which was human resources. And in a non-legal state like Texas, it really puts you in the cannabis closet, so to speak, really quickly. Um, With all that said, just recently, late 2021, I decided after a really fun weekend 
just decided to put cannabis and HR together. And so Mary which Jane- is, which, which is funny because the HR people are always the people who are testing you. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. Well, and that's always why it was a little bit different HR, I guess. I always <laughs> it was more progressive HR, I'd say, probably more on the employee side, more on the worker side, which is really why Mary Jane's people has been so incredible to watch grow because the mission is really about making work better. And so it's making work better about well, for the workers, right? Also for, for the, the business people. owners, right? But it's it's leading you and I, I'm here, Mary Jane's people is here to help you do that, right? So, um, so, are you, so are you connecting with businesses outside of Texas? Or how, are, how are you finding your people and what are they looking for? Yeah. I am all over. So fortunately, I've got 20 plus years in international HR experience. Right. Uh, so I'm well equipped to work throughout the U.S. and into Canada as well. My Canada, my clients are New Mexico uh, right now and Texas. So we're kind of keeping it to the Southwest, but. And are they, so are these, are these businesses in cannabis industry? Are these people? Yeah. Just, are they yeah, okay? Yeah. Yeah. So one is adjacent, um, which okay. was my very first client and very cool. And she was adjacent and sold custom craft glassware. And so really got to get my feet wet in that display distributor aspect I'm in that retail side so that was super fun because it's a different model than say what I was building with a um, biotech company that is working on a cannabinoid so when you're building so we talk a lot about this in our like you know clubhouse rooms and that's how I know Heather yeah (laughs) because everything's on clubhouse so we talk a lot about building your teams and what to look for and so what kind of advice are you giving your people who are um, building their teams in cannabis or maybe just building their teams in general that might be a little bit different and what are some just like pointers people should think about when they're I, even like we talked about earlier with Samantha and Lisa they, they were different people who created the synergy to create this in this business so what do you what is some of your advice you're giving people for their yeah, team building so you know we want work to look and feel differently we have all been through something collectively together the end everyone here on this planet, right? (laughs) So with that said, it's time for a change, I think. And so part of work, what I'm trying to instill is creating more of an autonomous work environment, right? Giving more choice, right? Mm -hmm. Giving more choice, warmth, supportive. As far as like, what do our teams look like? It's really... We, we love this word from our, our clubhouse group, uh, leveling up, but it's about mm-hmm. competency. Okay. Yep. So it's about competency. It's about mentoring and coaching and collaborating with each other. And then there's a final element to it, which is really connecting the community. It's all built on a motivation theory called self-determination theory. And so there's an actual uh, foundation with research to support why this is we what we should be doing at work and and how we can make it better all right so as a person who has felt like for most of my professional career I was just not fitting in that all the rules were made against Mm me it'd be nice I think this is hopeful about cannabis like again it's just another industry but it's something new and women leadership I hope is trying to build different ways of working understanding that being vulnerable and being honest are traits that are good that leaders don't always have to know everything you know this is sort of like a new mentality and that we can give our um the people our teams that we work with autonomy we don't have to be micromanaging i think that's very hopeful 
Yeah, absolutely. And, and that's really one reason why the cannabis industry, I think, is great for this, because we're doing something different, right? We're courageous. We're like, every day, something new is being created because it does not exist, right? It's the whole flying the plane building. While you're baking it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yep. right. <laughs> and, and that is true, you know, and I think that that's what's so exciting about what I'm offering, you know, and even making a little bit of a difference is, is look, hey, that, that's what I'm looking for because that's a, a piece of progress, right? It's, yeah, it's what everyone's doing their piece. Again, when I talk about, when I talk about people entering the industry, whatever it is you do, like, seriously, we need you. Whatever it is you do, we need you because not one person is going to get us anywhere, obviously. And if we're building new industries, we need the insurance people, the lawyers, the, I don't know, all the boring stuff that people don't want to think about. They want to think about growing marijuana. That's <laughs> the full-fledged industry. So, all right. So if people want to connect with you, I've been telling people to say, you know, the Canada Mom Show sent you. How do they yes. reach you? And yeah. You can email me directly at hi, H-I, at maryjanespeople.com. Or you can come visit us and at maryjanespeople.com and subscribe and uh, you'll get a free um, development checklist that I put together called better. And it's just a seasonal checklist for your own personal development. Awesome. Building businesses. Again, we talk about everything and building the business. If you want to empower women and have generational wealth, we have to have to have strong businesses that have strong people. So thank you, Heather, so much for your support this month. It's just been, it just makes me feel good that people want to support the show. So thank you so much. Well, thank you, Joyce. It's been awesome. Thanks. All right. Love the talkativity ladies. Yeah. <laughs> ah, all right. Uh, we are back. Let's see. So Samantha, are you still doing your band? What's up with the band? <laughs> yeah, I am. My band is Mama Sam and the Jam. <laughs> and I've been a songwriting machine during these times. Yes. Um, I actually wrote a new song just last week about, you know, the, the situation with women's rights. Yeah. I I feel super inspired and I love rock and roll and my band has definitely picked up some steam in the last couple years. And we're going to be recording our first full length album and hopefully this year we'll see. It's just one step at a time with that, but we're playing some gigs around mostly just Pacific Northwest. We play around Portland and, and we'll be doing some shows just kind of in the local area. So we're not planning on really doing any big tours or anything like that. How, how, how old, how old are you kids now? Are they, I have one 13 year old. Oh, okay. And he's he almost play an, 14. Um, yeah. And he play an I instrument have, yet. He is, he's a percussionist. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. I, a, I saw him as a drummer too. Your neighbors have to like you if you have a drummer. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's excited to be in the band and to, he had his, I went to his first concert. He was really excited about that. Oh so, yeah. It was really fun. Does he think you're cool? Cause you're like in cannabis and are a musician, a rock and roll star. <laughs> He does. He does tell people that he has a famous mom. <laughs> and I'm like, you need to stop saying that. And he's like, what you are. And I'm like, you are. That's awesome. That's really cute. Yeah. <laughs> are you a musician? Are you doing anything like that? What's your creative outlet? I am, <clears throat> I am not. A, my creative outlet currently is a combination of things. I've been doing some more writing for Sweet Jane magazine and that's been oh, really- Sweet Jane. We love Sweet Jane. I'm actually coming out with an article about Roe v. Wade soon. So look out for that. But I also have been um, a digital artist, like basically 
since I was little. My dad got me Mario Paint. We I had Photoshop since Photoshop 1.0. And so I have been exploring the world of NFTs. Um, we have a creative client through Tokativity that I'm the head uh, artist on. And Sam's been helping out with some of the hair elements. And it's been a really beautiful thing to like play with. And, you know, I do, I do love my work. So I am, I do work a lot, but, and I channel myself into these things. So it ebbs and flows. I think like if I literally had nothing to do, I would probably paint more. I love painting um, and I love abstract painting, but those are my two main channels right now. No, the whole, I don't know, the creative part. I, you know, I like to write. I, I play tennis. I'm a person of faith. It's that cognitive behavioral thing and a cannabis sprinkled on top makes it all a little bit better. Like spring. <laughs> all right. So what do you, I know you guys have the tokativity you're taking the summer off. Do you want to talk a little bit about what you're going to be planning for next year or what do you, what's coming up for? Uh, end yeah. of trade? Well, I wanted to just kind of share something that like, we've been working on this for a year and a half and it's like finally out. And okay. the mommy jeans guide to becoming a cannabis social media influencer program. This is mm-hmm. huge because we all struggle so much with navigating yes. cannabis and social media everyone's getting like, you know, just trying to figure this out. And so we spent a year and a half working together on cultivating what we've learned from our five plus years together on how to navigate this. And smart. so I'm so smart. Yeah. So we're, we're going to be doing a lot of creative pro workshops. We're starting with reels because that's like the thing that a lot of people are on Instagram, a lot of cannabis communities on Instagram and reels is like, you know, only in the last year has really come out and trying to figure out how to use that to actually boost your platform when you are in cannabis is really important. We also have like a whole bunch of other creative pro workshops specifically for those who are like creative professionals that may not necessarily be all about cannabis, but are about digital skills like SEO and websites, branding and logo design and that kind of stuff. And these are all skills that if you didn't learn them somewhere, you don't have them. And then you're trying to navigate the crazy landscape of cannabis and it's a lot harder. So we want to make things easier for women. And this is one of those ways that we're going to do that. That's brilliant. Um, and, and people keep, I mean, like in the past week, I've had three friends have their Instagram sites taken down, but now we all know what you have to do, which is interesting because we all talk to each other. That's so, and TikTok, they went, I put a cat about, I put a video about me and my cat and a cannabis plant and they took it down. Their AI <laughs> is really, really, really good. I mean, that's all like it, the, the company, you know, was created and is based in China. And that's literally all they do is like figure out how to next level their AI. So they are very on top of cannabis plants, smoking weed, bongs, language around it. And that's really ever-changing. So that's why it's so important to join the program because not only are you joining the program and you're like getting all of these videos, over 70 videos, an 85 page guide, but also we have a private group that's like a support group for the program. So we're going to help navigate with everybody who is going through what we're teaching so that we can kind of help each other out out there. That's brilliant. So if someone is listening and they want to get connected to this, the Mary Jane's, what do you call it? Mary Jane's project? The Mommy Jane's Guide. Oh, Mommy Jane, sorry. (laughs) Yeah, so it's got a long title, which we're thinking about in our next reiteration, shortening a little bit. But yeah, tokativity.com slash the Mommy Jane. And I made a special coupon for the Cannamom show for 20%. Oh, you did? I did. It's just the Cannamom show. So you can get 20% off of the program or anything we have on Tokativity Connect. 
Awesome. All right. So are you speaking? Are you traveling? I know we were at that conference last year in Reno. What do you, what's, what's coming up for the both of you? We yeah, are oh, working on a Tokativa tour. Sam, you want to share? tour? Tokativa tour. I'm so excited about this. Sam, you want to share a little bit right. about this? I will never, just, my spell check doesn't like Tokativity. It will not like Tokativa tour. They won't even <laughs> We do this all the time with Tokativity that it's like, if anything starts with a T, we just like, it's like Tokativa team. <laughs> Tokativa tour. Smart. Tokativa. Smart. Yeah, okay. Uh, yeah, we have a lot of exciting things coming up. Like I said, we, we're, we're figuring out how to hybridize our events and we, we, are, we do like miss the community so much. We're excited to connect with people in person And the tour is a great way to do that. So we'll be starting with an Oregon tour in the new weed bus. Oh, get (laughs) out! Bus, (laughs) and we will be visiting dispensaries, visiting women-owned businesses, and really shining a light on you know women-owned weed companies and why it's important to support them. Why it's important in the dispensary to ask. I always ask brands who are the, who are the, you know, people of color owned brands, like what, who are the family owned brands? Like, Mm -hmm. you know, asking those questions about what you're buying and why that matters. And there's just so many amazing people in Oregon and beyond. So we're going to start here in Oregon. We've done, we have done a couple little tours around before, but this is a little bit more official. So we're super excited to, to share more details about that coming soon. We will still be doing some sort of regular digital thing monthly. We know that this is just still such an important way. Like you were saying, I mean, when, when you, when you realize that women are having the same conversation in Oregon as they are in Massachusetts, as they are in South Africa, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it really starts to open up, I think, pathways for just innovation and, and creativity together about how, how we can support each other and make change. So we're super stoked. We'll be doing an East coast talkative tour you are? Um, hopefully next year. Yeah. <gasps> I'm uh, I'm down. I want to be. Yeah, we will be hitting you up for sure. <laughs> All right. I'm actually wrapping up against time. I've gone so far over. Oh my God, my friends. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being our season three finale. Um, Congratulations. Hopefully, hopefully we'll see each other in person again very soon. Um, best way to reach you. Just quickly, Lisa. Okay, we got gay. All the things. Everything. <laughs> it, it'll all be in the show notes because it always is. All right. That is it for season three. Do I get a chair, Dave? (laughs) Okay, we will be back in September with more stories of the women building the emerging cannabis industry. So once again, for my guests and my canna bro, David Jazz, and of course, our canna mom show team, I want to thank you for taking the time to listen to the canna mom show where we are on a mission to enhance the impact women have on the emerging cannabis industry by sharing and preserving their stories of love kindness wisdom and hope thank you for following and sharing the inspiring stories of the women building this new industry so together we can crush the stigma around cannabis and caregivers i am your host joyce gerber this is the canna mom show and we are a production of pod 617 the boston podcast network. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. 
Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Hey friends, I'm Brandon and I'm Saba and we are your host of the Cannabis Hangout podcast, an educational platform to connect with the cannabis community and share personal stories while breaking the stigma of marijuana. Join us every Sunday at 7 p.m. to gain valuable insight with different perspectives from industry leaders, growers, and medical marijuana patients. This is a place to learn so much from different angles in the cannabis industry. So tune in while, while we, we break, break it all down. down.